Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Ram Goldar, and today we're Zichud Shoshana Daf Chav Test. The end of the third parak Ruvu based in, and the beginning of the fourth parak Yomtov. The Zichud Shoshana has been generously sponsored as a schus for Chayy Bas Esther. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the next Mishnah states the Torah relates Vayakasha Yari Moshe Yandu Vagavra Yisrael, and it happened that when Moshe raised his hand, Yisrael was stronger, and when he lowered his hand, Amalek was stronger. But do Moshe's hands win a battle or lose a battle? Certainly not. Rather, the puzzle comes to tell you, so long as Yisrael gazed upward, and subjugate their heart to their Father in Heaven, they would prevail. But if not, they would fall. The Mishnah continues and brings a similar teaching with regard to the Nachosh and the Choshes, the copper serpent that was placed on a pole to stop a plague so that anyone who was bitten and looked at it would live. But does a serpent kill or does a serpent restore to life? Certainly not. Rather, when they gazed upwards and subjugated their hearts to Avinu Shemayim, they were healed, and when they did not, they perished. Point number two was taught in a Brisa. Hakol Chayyabim B'Tekiyah Shofar Kohanim Levim Yisraelim. Archive in the midst of Tekiyah Shofar Kohanim Levim Yisraelim. The Gemara asks that this is obvious, but if they're not chayv, who's chayv? So after the first answer is rejected, the Gemara answers that it was necessary for the Tanah to teach that Kohanim Levim are chayv, for if he had not done so, you might have said that since we learned in a Mishnah, Shava Yovel Rosh Hashanah the laws of Yovel year are identical to the laws of Rosh Hashanah with regard to blowing and the brachas, only someone who's subject to Yovel in its entirety is chayv and tekiyas of Rosh Hashanah, but Kohanim Levim, since they're not subject to the laws of the Yovel year in its entirety, since Kohanim Levim Kohanim may sell their property at any time and may redeem it at any time, say that they're not obligated in the midst of the Kiyashov on Rosh Hashanah, Kamash Malan. The Tanah therefore informs us that they are indeed chayv. And pointing with you, the opening mission of the fourth parak states that when Rosh Hashanah fell on Shabbos, they would blow in the base of Migdash, but not in the Medina, not in the provinces. When Baishin was destroyed, Rabbi Yochim and Zakai instituted that they should blow the shofar wherever there is a basin. After explaining that the Rabban decreed that blowing the shofar in the provinces was prohibited, out of concern that someone who was not proficient might carry the shofar to an expert to learn how to blow it, and come to carry Daladamazun and Shusarabim, the Gemara brings a brace that describes how Rabbi Yochim and Zakai instituted his decree. It once occurred that Rosh Hashanah fell on Shabbos after the Sanhedrin had been exiled to Yavne, and all the residents from the surrounding areas gathered in Yavne to hear the blowing of the shofar. Rabbi Yochum and Zakai said to the sons of Ben Basir at Niskat, let us blow the shofar. They replied, Nadun, let us first consider if it's proper to do so. He said, let us first blow, and then consider whether this practice should continue in the future. After the Boon wanted to deliberate, he said, the horn has been heard on Shabbos in Yavne, and one should not refute Basin after the deed has been done. Rashi explains that if they now forbid blowing even in Basin, people will say that their blowing was done in error, which will expose them to ridicule. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, The Torah relates, Vayakasher Yari Moshe Yadov Agava Yisrael. And it happened that when Moshe raised his hand, Yisrael was stronger, and when he lowered his hand, Amalek was stronger. Viki Yadav Shal Moshe Osis Mochama Oshovis Mochama? But do Moshe's hands win a battle or lose a battle? Certainly not. Rather, the puzzle comes to tell you, so long as Yisrael gazed upward, and subjugated their heart to their Father in Heaven, they would prevail. But if not, they would fall. The mission continues and brings a similar teaching with regard to the Nachosh and the Choshes, the copper serpent that was placed on a pole to stop a plague, so that anyone who was bitten and looked at it would live. But does a serpent kill? Or does a serpent restore to life? Certainly not. Rather, 
When they gazed upwards and subjected their hearts to Avihem Shibashamayim, they were healed, but when they did not, they perished. Point number two is taught in the Brisa, Kol Chayyavim Tekiyah Shofar, Kohanim, Ulevim, Yisraelim. Our Chayv in the midst of Tekiyah Shofar, Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. The Gemara asked that this is obvious, for if they're not Chayv, who's Chayv? After the first answer is rejected, the Gemara answers that it was necessary for the Tan to teach that Kohanim and Levim are Chayv. For if he had not done so, you might say that since we learn in a Mishnah, Shava Yobel Rosh Hashanah Tekiyah the laws of the Yobel year are identical to the laws of Rosh Hashanah with regard to blowing and the Baruch is only someone who is subject to Yobel in its entirety is Chayv in the Tekiyah's Rosh Hashanah. But Kohanim Levim, since they're not subject to the laws of the Yobel year in its entirety, since Kohanim Levim Mochrinu Olam, Olam, Kohanim and Levim may sell their property at any time and may redeem it at any time, say that they're not obligated in the midst of Tekiyah's Shofar and Rosh Hashanah. Kamash Malan, the Tana, therefore informs us that they are indeed Chayv. And point number three, the opening mission of the fourth parak states that when Rosh Hashanah fell on Shabbos, they would blow in the base of Migdash, but not in the provinces. Meshachar base of Migdash, Hiskin, Rabbi Yochim and Zaka, Shiyotokim, Makom Sheishbo Basin. When Bayishain was destroyed, Rabbi Yochim and Zaka instituted that they should blow the shofar wherever there is a basin. After explaining that the Rabbanan decreed that blowing the shofar in the provinces was prohibited, out of concern that someone who was not proficient might carry the shofar to an expert to learn how to blow it and come to carry Dalad Amos in the Shusha Rabbim, the Gemara brings a bright that describes how Rabbi Yochim and Zakkai instituted his decree. It once occurred that Rosh Hashanah fell on Shabbos after the Sanhedrin had been exiled to Yavna, and all the residents in the surrounding areas gathered in Yavna to hear the blowing of the shofar. Rabbi Yochim and Zakkai said to the sons of Ben Becerra, Niska, let us blow the shofar. They replied, Nadun, let us first consider if it's proper to do so. He said, let us first blow and then consider whether this practice should continue in the future. After the Buin wanted to deliberate, he said, The horn has been heard on Shabbos in Yavne and one should not refute Basin after the deed has been done. Rush explains that if they now forbid blowing even in Basin, people will say that a blowing was done in error, which will expose them to ridicule. All right, so now we go to our Simon for Dov Chavtes, and our standard Simon is a cot. A cot. So here goes. The man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim, who had gathered to listen to the blowing of the shofar, that the head of Basin said to blow in Shabbos. Once again, it's slow motion. The man sitting on the cot, cot, that must be more Duff Chavtes. The man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air, which reminds me, going from Moshe raising his hands in Muhammad with a Malik, that Kozman Shah Yisrael Mustak and Klape Malik, so long as Yisrael gazed upward, Meshabin Aslibam, Lavihim, Shishamayim, Haimis Gabrim, and subjugate their heart to their Father in heaven, they would prevail, but if not, they would fall. The same lesson is learned from the Nachash and the Choshes that was placed on a pole so that those afflicted in the plague would look up to Avihim Shishamayim. So, the man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air, was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim, who had gathered to listen to the blowing of the shofar, which reminds us that it was necessary for the Tan to teach that Kohanim and Levim are chayv in Tekiah shofar. For if he had not done so, you might have said that since we learned in the Mishnah, Shabbat Yobel Rosh Hashanah, Tekiah Abrachos, the laws of the Yobel year are identical to the laws of Rosh Hashanah with regard to the blowing and the Abrachos, only someone who is subject to Yobel in its entirety is chayv in the Tekiah's Rosh Hashanah. But Kohanim and Levim, since they're not subject to the laws of Yobel year in its entirety, since Kohanim and Levim may sell their property at any time and may redeem it, at any time, we would say that they're not obligated in the midst of the Kiyah Shel from Rosh Hashanah. Kamashmon, the Tana therefore informs us that they are indeed Chayev. So the man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim, who gathered to listen to the blowing of the shofar, that the head of Basin said 
to blow on Shabbos. Which reminds us of how Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai incident blowing the shofar by basin in Yavda on Shabbos after the Churban of Bayasheni. He told the Bnei Ben Sarah that they should blow and then they'll deliberate. And after it was blown, he said, the horn has been heard on Shabbos in Yavda and one should not refute basin after the deed has been done. But she explains that if they now forbid blowing even in basin, people will say their blowing was done in error, which will expose them to ridicule. So once again, the man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim who gathered to listen to the blowing of the shofar. But the head of Basin said to blow on Shabbos. All right, now it's time for four blah Daf Kaf Hei. So the Simmer Daf Kaf Hei is a silver wedding anniversary. So here goes. The husband who planned a spectacular silver anniversary party. Silver anniversary party? That must be on Daf Kaf Hei. The husband who planned a spectacular silver anniversary party. Perfectly timed for Rosh Chodesh, down to the exact Chalakim. Which reminds us, Roman Gamil had a tradition from the house of his father's father that the new moon is never less than 29 and a half days, two-thirds of an hour, and 73 Chalakim from the previous one. So the husband planned a spectacular silver anniversary party, perfectly timed for Rosh Chodesh, down to the exact Chalakim, was devastated when Basin validated the wrong date. Which reminds us, Rabbi Kiva comforted Rabbi Yeshua, whom Roman Gamil forced to come to Basin carrying a staff and money on the day that Rabbi Yeshua held was Yom Kippur by reminding what Rabbi Yeshua himself had taught. With regard to the designation of Yom Tovim, the word Osam is repeated three times and spelled defectively without the Vav, and is therefore expounded as if it were vowelized Atem, you. This teaches us Atem Afil Shogagim, Atem Afil Mizidim, Atem Afil Mutim. The festivals you declare are valid even if you choose the wrong date in error, even if you choose the wrong date deliberately, meaning they declared Rosh Chodesh on the wrong date for some compelling reason that entitles them to do so, and even if you were misled. So, the husband who planned a spectacular silver anniversary party, perfectly timed for Rosh Chodesh, down to the exact Chalakim, was devastated when Basin validated the wrong date, before two judges who saw the new moon had a chance to testify. Which reminds us, if Basin alone saw the new moon, two of the judges should stand and testify before the others, even though Ein Shmiya Domularia, Rabbi Zerah explains this case was when they saw the new moon at night, when Basin cannot be Makadish, the moon. Chavav, so the Simrdav Chavav is a military coup. So here goes. The soldier who mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, coup, that must be worn daf chavav. The soldier mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, unlike the others who wore chauffeurs of other animals, which reminds us that the Chabim hold that all types of horns are kosher to be used as chauffeurs except for cow horns because they're called Karen's horns and not chauffeurs. Rabbi Yossi holds that all horns are called Karen's as well, and he brings a pusset to expand that a cow horn is also referred to as a chauffeur. So the soldier mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, unlike the others who wore chauffeurs of other animals, was forced to remove the gold stitching from his white garments, which reminds us two additional reasons are given why the Chabim do not permit cow horns as chauffeurs. Ul said it's based on the principle of En Kategornasis and Egor. Just as the Kohen Gadol does not wear gold when he goes into the Kush Kedoshi in Yom Kippur because it recalls the sin of the Egel Zahav, using a cow horn as a shofar also recalls the sin of the Egel Zahav. Abai says the reason is because the Pasa calls for a single shofar. Not like a cow's horn, since it's composed of individual shells, it appears like two or three shofars. So the soldier mistakenly wore a cow horn on his helmet for the coup, unlike the others who were shofars of other animals was forced to remove the gold stitching from his white garments and bend down in submission on Rosh Hashanah and blow a bench shofar. Which reminds us, Rebuta holds that one should use a bench shofar on Rosh Hashanah to reflect a sense of submission and a straight one on the Yom Kippur of Yovel to reflect freedom. The Tanakhama holds a straight one should be used on Rosh Hashanah and a bent one should be used on fast days. Dav Chavzayin. So the similar Dav Chavzayin is a kazoo. So here goes. The two kids who proudly blew their silver kazoos. Kazoos? That must be one on Dav Chavzayin. 
The two kids who proudly blew their silver kazoos, which reminds us, the Mishan Dav Chavav of Beis Din regarding blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah in the base of Migdash, the two trumpets are blown at the sides. The shofar marich, v'chatzros is mekatzros, shemitz is a yom b'shofar. The shofar blast is extended, the trumpets blow short, for the midst of the day is with the shofar. The Gemara clarifies that two sounds from two people are discernible in certain circumstances, such as in the case of Halal and Megill, where even ten people can read them simultaneously. Since each of these readings are dear to the listener, he puts his mind to discern every word. Here too, since the mitzvah of shofar is dear, he puts his mind to hear the sound of the shofar while the trumpets are blown. So the two kids who probably blew their silver kazoos as the ball Takea blew a shofar, whose mouth was plated in gold, which reminds us, the mission state that the mouth of the shofar blown on Rosh Hashanah in the base of Migdash is plated with gold, whereas the mouths of shofars blown on fast days are plated with silver. Two reasons are given for the difference. If you prefer, you can say, every assembly is convened with silver instruments based on the Pasuk, or you can say a Torah chasam, Mamon and Shisrael. The Torah is concerned for Yisrael's money and did not want to burn the communal treasury with the expense of plating with gold. The Gemara said if there's a monetary burden, then the shofar of Rosh Hashanah should also be plated with silver, and answers, Afil hachi kavad yantav adif. Nevertheless, contributing to the honor of Rosh Hashanah by playing the shofar with gold is a greater consideration. So the two kids who probably blew their silver kazoos as the Baltic Hay blew a shofar, whose mouth was plated in gold, were appalled when their friend blew into his kazoo from the wrong end, which reminds us. It was taught in a bright sahafkut, but talk about Yatza, if he reversed the shofar and blew into it, he's not fulfilled his chiv. The Torah says, Vahavarta, and shall cause it true to pass. This teaches Der Chavarasubinan that we require the shofar to be blown in a manner in which it is carried on the animal's head, meaning with the original narrow end still narrow and the original wide end still wide. Dav Chavches. So the simmer Dav Chavches is a strong man. So here goes. The strong man, strong man. That must be more on Dav Chavches. The strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola, which reminds us, Rebuto holds one should not blow the shofar of an ola, but if he did, he hasn't fulfilled his chiv, whereas one should not blow the shofar of a shalmi. If he did, he hasn't fulfilled his chiv. What's the difference between them? Ola's bas me'ila here, and ola's subject to me'ila. Therefore, once he blew its horn and thereby committed me'ila with it, the horn goes out to the unconsecrated state. Rabba state that one does fulfill his chiv with both of them because mitzvahs love hanisni. The mitzvahs were not given to Israel for the purpose of driving benefit from the fulfillment. Rashi explains that they were given as a yoke upon one's neck. So the strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola to play his favorite song, which reminds us, Rabba said that a ruling that one who is forced to eat matzah is yotzi's chiv indicates that one who blows a shofar or shoshana for the purpose of playing a song has also fulfilled his chiyuv. Rav is coming to teach that one might have thought in the case of matzah, echo matzah amarachman boha'acho. The Torah said, eat matzah, and this Koer's person, in fact, ate matzah and fulfilled the mitzvah. Whereas in the second case, zikron truxib, it's written that on Rosh Hashanah there shall be a remembrance of shofar blast, and this one is merely a preoccupied individual, and therefore does not fulfill the mitzvah. Kamashmon, the Rav is coming to inform us that they are indeed analogous, and the shofar blower also fulfills his chiyuv. So from here we see the Rav holds mitzvahs ain't srichos kavana. Mitzvahs do not require kavana. So the strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola to play his favorite song couldn't wake up his friend who went to sleep in a sukkah on the eighth day of sukkahs with kavana. Which reminds us that rubber rules regarding a case where one sleeps in a sukkah on the eighth day that with respect to violating baltosiv, the rule is that during the missus designated time kavana is not required. Shalobah's mano boy kavana but not during his designated time it does require kavana. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.